1: Empire. player tracking is expanding.
0: Once you start working with a, a league um, or, or, or a specific sport, you definitely want to customize those insights to help them optimize performance and reduce injury. Um, and and ideally prolong their ability to compete in, uh, in high level.
1: That's Will Lopes, CEO of Catapult, who has a modern way to learn more about some of the best lacrosse players in the world. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Will Lopes joined us some months back to discuss Catapult's capabilities and initiatives Today, he and Mike Junta, the head physical therapist of the Premier Lacrosse League, are here to talk about their new partnership as the world of training continues to modernize. Our guests this week, one is a repeat guest, Will Lopes, the CEO of Catapult, and Mike Junta, who's the head physical therapist of the Premier Lacrosse League. Is the two sides have teamed up to track and optimize athlete performance in one of the best lacrosse leagues in the world. Thank you both for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Hey, well, let me start with you. Um, how did the relationship start with the PLL?
2: Yeah, so it's an
0: interesting story, actually. You know, I think as the PLL has expanded and, and, and really started to become a, you know, or rather is an elite uh, league at this point, um, they started to attract A lot of the players who had been working with Catapult in the past, whether they were working with us, you know, NCAA, d one teams, or or even in the NFL, for example, Um, and they were used to having technology that was uh, the, you know, the the leading edge in terms of performance and understanding how, you know, their performance was uh, impacting their training and and vice versa. Um, And so they actually, uh, it was a (laughs) player-led conversation that I think kind of kicked us off, which you know to us is, is I think indicative of what we know um, about our products and, and how it works with you know uh, uh, teams and and, and, and and athletes today so um, it really comes on that front and then you know I think what um, has been great to just discover over the you know the last uh, few months is that you know the the challenges that the Pll has is very similar uh, as a matter of fact it's exact uh, challenges that uh, other, you know, sort of elite leagues have as well. It's how do you manage, you know, the health and the wellness of your player? How do you uh, create training regimens that uh, keeps them at peak performance? Um, you know, how do you keep your best players on the field? And, and, and we know we have, you know, deep expertise in doing that with, you know, the EPLs and the NFLs of the world, um, and the PLL as it's become, you know, really the the, the elite league uh, in lacrosse. Uh, is looking to do the same.
1: Mike, do you want to confirm that, that the players came knocking on your door and said, uh, we need this to move forward?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's something that we've been trying to develop over the last couple of years. Uh, and there's always been that getting what's best for the athlete challenge in the sense where it's not a traditional sports model where you have everything all in one place. It's, it's uh, you know, this traveling model where Guys live all over the country, and those of us on the medical side need to figure out how we're able to track and manage them, hmm. um, not just in the off-season, but also in between the the game weeks directly into our facilities in a, in a particular city. Um, so to me, getting more trackable uh, data on the guys was a no-brainer. So we built you know, a couple performance training programs and injury prevention programs for them over the last two years, and, and we feel like continuing to utilize uh, what's out there as far as technology will only help improve that process for us.
1: You know, that's interesting. You bring up kind of the barnstorming model of this league. I don't think most people think about is, is there some complications with tracking the medical health of all of the participants when they're not located in one singular place? Can, Can you just kind of quickly take me through the genesis of that thought and then how you guys have navigated that here over the first couple of years of the league?
2: Yeah. I mean, like in any business, communication is key and that's what we're always looking to improve. And uh, the more data we have, the better. So, you know, the, the genesis of it is, is really just bringing like-minded people together uh, to make sure that we're all invested in what the athletes are doing, you know, what their health is like, and then the communication piece behind that to ensure that everybody's operating on the same wavelength. Um, You know, at the end of the day, We're not just talking about a team of 20 or 22 guys really with this league where, you know, when you're in a position like mine um, as a head physical therapist, you know, I'm really concentrating on 300 guys at one time. Um, So we really need to, you know, get our data situated so we know exactly what we're looking at, know how to progress the athletes appropriately, um, but then more importantly, report back to their coaches and their teammates um, to how they're doing and how they're going to perform in that next game.
1: Mike, was lacrosse a, a tech forward sport or is this kind of a new thing for the sport that maybe has been kind of shepherded by the
2: PLL? This is absolutely new. Um, I, I don't think that uh, in the former leagues, they were thinking about some of this stuff. Um, but as we continue to progress and, you know, look at other leagues and, and the other models that, um, you know, for example, like Will said, the, the EPL or the NFL have, we knew that this was the direction that we needed to go.
1: All right, so will tell me a little bit about lacrosse and just the idea of of what you guys do to help athletes and and obviously medical personnel um, optimize their performance. Is it different sport to sport, and and if so, if you can kind of lend any idea of how this helps the lacrosse player?
0: Yeah, so you know, I, I think at the heart of what we're helping the PLL do is, I mean, it's it's, it's it's very similar to what we do with other leagues and, and and really that's to focus on unleashing the potential of their athletes. Um, And, you know, and typically what we're trying to build is, you know, actionable insights for coaches and players around performance, around health, around uh, uh, wellness. Um, But obviously, you know, once you start working with a a league um, or, or, or a specific sport, you definitely want to customize those insights to help them optimize Performance and reduce injury, um, and, and ideally prolong their ability to compete in uh, in high level. And so, you know, what we're working with Mike and, and his team is really to, you know, now sort of hone what we know around player load, around you know uh, injury prevention, around um, you know uh, high speed efforts, acceleration efforts, for example, and and how is that impacting their athletes, um, you know, in terms of lacrosse game. Um, So you typically are doing, you know, at at the heart of it, the, 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 you know, the genesis is the same is how do you, you know, help create actionable insights. Um, Then you're starting to customize them uh, for teams specifically.
1: I mean, this is an interesting marriage. You kind of opened this by, by saying, you know, this was kind of player driven. They, they're, they're accustomed to this type of training and this type of input. And now they want to see that move into these new leagues and the PLL is, is one of the most modern leagues that is out in American sport um, right now. Can you kind of, will take us through like how that chasm has been bridged because we've talked to a lot of people where there's just kind of old school ways of dealing with data and you're talking about a very new school way of it. And it does feel like on some level that it's been the younger generation that's kind of shepherding the change here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think one of the, the, the fantastic things about I think the PLL here is that, you know, they are in many ways starting, um, you know, fairly fresh, right? And so they don't have the baggage of sort of the antiquated ways of thinking about training and, and even the way they're they're thinking about, you know, their their schedule in terms of, you know, not being in a single location all the time and kind of moving around. Um, and so I think with that also comes sort of this acceptance of technology, right, um, that, you know, technology is there to, you know, really give insights in ways of how to improve performance, in ways of how to help your athletes, um, you know, um, uh, avoid injury. Uh, and even, in, you know, areas where, you know, thinking, you know, sort of long term about how do you, you know, utilize some of this data to help, um, you know, create, you know, better fan engagement. Um, so you know I think it's it's actually you know one of the things to us that was quite exciting about uh this partnership um was that you know they're looking at technology in a very sort of welcoming way it's you know you're not going in and saying, well, technology could help you i think they're they're already thinking about how technology could helps them every day um and they're looking at this as really to say. What's the best technology out there that I could you know use for for this particular purpose?
1: Um, I'll, I'll go back to this this specific collaboration in a moment, Will, but but you did mention fan engagement. Um, are, are you kind of specifically talking about how this information could be used in in the form of content and accentuation of the of the broadcast, or however they're disseminating the PLL?
0: I, I think long term, it's always I think you know a, a conversation we have, particularly with leagues, um, is you know. <clears throat> How can you actually utilize some of this to educate the you know the 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 fans in in terms of what's happening on on the field, right? Um, whether you know you use that for you know perhaps giving insights of you know how hard a, an athlete is working or you know how how long they've run in a certain in a particular game, um, you know, and maybe some of the difference in, in acceleration efforts, for example. Um, I think those are those are all really interesting ways of thinking about you know data uh, from a fan uh, perspective. we We tend to stay fairly agnostic yeah, <laughs> as a company in terms of yeah. how this data you know, is used for for media uh, specifically. I think you know our 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 focus is always on helping the athletes and the trainers and the coaches make good decisions. Um, and if you know, in the process of doing that, you know, a lead could actually find a way of, you know, utilizing some of that data in a way that's not Uh, disparaging to it to the athlete or to the team yeah Uh, we actually think it's you know it's it's the right way of, of thinking about it
1: how do you think about that mike when when you think about the data that you're collecting that's helping your athletes um you know accentuate their performance to whatever degree how much that information would or should or could be disseminated to um fans of the sport how do you kind of view that
2: Absolutely. I think we need to start with uh, our goals for getting uh, this product involved with the league from the beginning, which is really to identify what a professional lacrosse player looked like uh, from a performance perspective. And and without having trackable data, uh, wearable devices on them, it's it's nearly impossible to do that. And so we started looking at you know what each position looked like uh, from a performance perspective on the field. And that has quickly turned into the, the athletes that uh, these devices are on are highly interested in how they're performing during a game. And they're also interested in getting that information out there. And I think from a, from a fan perspective, to be able to see, whether it be in real time or in replay, exactly how fast the player is moving, what their heart rate is, um, I think that that just helps uh, fan engagement and, and helps understanding how elite these are. Um, you know, I remember walking on the field for the first time uh, to a, to a PLL scrimmage in our first training camp at IMG Academy two years ago. And th- the first time I stepped on that field, I just said, wow, you know, these guys are moving. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a whole nother level than I think what a lot of people are used, for, used to. And I think the more and more the fans can engage with that, uh, the more interesting the sport becomes.
0: Another day is here and
2: you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check.
1: Let me talk about load management since that came up. Um, In other leagues, while the fans may not like it, um, the NBA has to put up with days that some of their star players are just not going to play and other sports are kind of following suit. Um, In a sport like the PLL, which is new, I can only imagine, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I have to imagine that everybody wants the stars to play as much as possible. So how do you kind of toggle between that idea of load management and nascency of a league where you are trying to put your best product out there as much as possible.
2: Yeah. And the, the rosters are thin, you know, they, they don't really bring um, an excess amount of players to be able to just plug in there. So your stars are your stars and you're expecting them to play. As soon as they come off the field or they're unable um, say they get injured, it it becomes extremely challenging uh, for a team. So I think what we're looking to do is really ensure that their training protocols, are appropriate so that they can stay in the game and, and really manage those games appropriately. Uh, we don't have any interest in um, necessarily managing their load in game We're we're expecting that if they're there, that they can play and they can play at their highest potential.
1: Okay. Um, what have you learned so far? Can you kind of share some of the data with us that, um, that this partnership has provided uh, about your your players?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, the first thing, and I think one of the more exciting things to to learn about is how fast they're moving. So we have uh, guys who are are running at speeds of upwards of uh, about 19.8 miles per hour, uh, and that's in-game. So that's moving. (laughs) That's not just doing a straight sprint on a field. Um, So, you know, when when you're talking about that and then uh, their ability to do that uh, over, you know. You know, five yards at a time. Uh, you realize just how quickly uh, they are accelerating uh, and what it takes to to move past their defenders. We're also learning that the midfielders and long stick midfielders uh, in the game are covering the most distance, uh, which might not be surprising to some people, uh, understanding that they are you know, moving throughout both sides of the field. However, as lacrosse has specialized and we're seeing more offensive midfielders versus defensive midfielders, to understand that they're still uh, carrying or covering that much distance is, is pretty impressive. And those distances at times, uh, we, we had a player uh, run 9,000 yards this past weekend. Um, so so you're talking getting, getting close to that five-mile mark of, of movement during a game. Mm. You know, so these are all things that we're going to use throughout the process of the off season to tailor programs, to have our athletes understand what it truly takes to play in this league. Um, Because at the end of the day, if if you're not, Optimizing your performance. You're just not going to play at this level.
1: And so you're also telling me my eight-year-old lacrosse player should strive to be a midfielder if he wants the right contract too, is what you're is what you're telling <laughs>
2: you, me. You gotta be able to move. That's Got what it. I'm talking
1: about. Yeah. All right. Hello. He'll uh, see if he wants to work as hard as you're suggesting he needs to work to get there. Um, hey, well, tell me a little bit about I I I assume that you all are constantly innovating based on feedback from leagues, teams, players, etc., for what they want. Um, you know, I I'd love to just get kind of an overview of what you're hearing from leagues and athletes about the type of data that they'd like to know more about.
0: Yeah, so you know, we we, we typically have sports scientists that are collaborating with, you know, leagues in particular um uh, around, <clears throat> you know, a, a number of, of different aspects, both on, on sort of the data that they're looking for, but quite honestly more importantly, is is what are the insights can I get out of this data? Um so you know, I, I don't think we're hearing you know, a huge request for enormous amount of new data. I think what we're hearing is actually, you know, how can I get this data tailored uh, very specifically to sometimes the position, um, you know, the athlete type, and and particularly what are or what are we a catapult seeing in terms of training regimens? Um, you know, as it relates to you know sort of different types of athletes. So, you know, I think what you know Mike just said, I think you know, kind of bolts well into kind of that that common right is what you start to see is once you begin to collect data, um, you start to notice that there is some differences between uh, positions, right? So you you look at, you know, um, you know, first you look at midfielders and then you start to pay attention to, well, there are some you know different types of midfielders and 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 where do, what are the defensive midfielders do in a game versus a you know a, a, an offensive midfielder and if so you know how do i start to tailor training regimens uh for it um and so our sports scientists actually spent quite a bit of time with folks like mike uh in, in not, not only in the pll but other leagues really helping kind of create that off-season you know um training uh not only off-season but in between games training so you know if you discover for example that you know high-speed, you know, uh, distance is what you need to train your offensive midfielders to. What are the best ways of doing that? Um, and then how do you actually measure that you're doing that um, on training dates? Um, and that I think we get quite a bit. You know, I think um, I think the last time you and I spoke, you know, I think the leagues were just kind of getting back to normal uh. know, following a pandemic. And And, you know, one of the big requests that came out of there was, I got a short training season. How do I deal with this? Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and and in situations like, you know, I think the PLL, you know, they think their big question is, I think as Mike began this this program, you know, I got athletes that are, you know, all over the place. Right. So how do I ensure that their training is, you know, suited for what their performance is, you know, performance requirement is going to be in the field. Um, And so we get that quite
2: a bit. Will, to your point, I think that that plays out where, um, you know, guys think that they're doing one thing, but when we actually track them and get the, the real life data, they realize that, you know, they need to be moving a little faster. They need to be covering a little bit more distance in their training protocols and putting that in front of their face really helps them to, uh, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say work harder because I think that they're working, um, you know, as hard as they can, I think it's just working smarter and ensuring that they're they're reaching those levels
1: mike does that come down to just putting the information in front of them does that come down to different methodology of how you work one-on-one training them how does how does all this data then get implemented
2: yeah it's a a combination of all those things i think sitting down with the individual athletes and, and making sure that they understand what the position demands what they're capable of and then identifying what they're actually doing are all the things that we're trying to piece together. Um, and so once we get that data, uh, you know, the athlete is just more informed at that point. And, and I think we all know for, for all of our professions that the, the more informed we are, the better that we're going to be able to perform just because we have that knowledge base to be able to go out there and get it. Um, so these lacrosse players are no different than that. And uh, they're, they're hungry for the data. They, they want it. They want to they want to compete. It's something that I've noticed as well over, over the season, you know, they're asking me, you know, am I the am I the fastest guy in the game? Am I covering the most distance? What am I doing? Huh. Um, so you're seeing that competitive nature also come out in them, uh, which is you know certainly a secondary thing that we weren't necessarily <laughs> expecting, but one that's very real in in the lives of these athletes. You're like the personification
1: yeah, I, of the Orange Theory board. They wanted they want to compete against each other. They want <laughs> they want to know right. where they stand. Yeah,
2: maybe we should start <laughs> flashing it up in the stadium. <laughs>
0: maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think to Mike's point, it's 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 really about tailoring the programs to the athlete, to the position, and and at times to the sport. Um, you know, I, I, I think what we've discovered here at Catapult is that, you know, the more, like I said, the more data they have, the more they start to realize, wait, you know, I actually didn't know I was running this much high speed uh, distance or, you know, I didn't know I was, you know, switching directions as often as, as it's showing up. How do I get better at that? Um, and 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 what you realize is that you know old training programs was a one size fits all for the entire team, and now what you start to learn is, you know, how do I tailor it to the position and how do I tailor it
2: to the athlete? I, I'm happy to give you a, a real life example of of just that uh, with an athlete that we're working with in the PLL and he he came to me and he said, you know, Mike, I I feel like my top speed's there. I'm flying around, I'm moving, you know, I'm as good as ever, but I feel like when I'm getting to the end of the game, I'm I'm feeling a little bit tired. Um, So when we peeled back his training program, we looked at it and we look at, you know, what his, what his sprint distances look like and using the data that we've been able to connect or collect through catapult uh, knowing that they're running, you know, sometimes 85, 100 yards in a game. And out of those 8,500 yards, maybe 1,500 to 2,000 of those yards are actually at speeds of greater than 12 miles an hour. Uh, I was able to tailor a program for that specific athlete that ensured that his sprint programs were getting upwards of that, that amount of distance and that amount of speed over time. Uh, we did that in this most recent break where we had, uh, you know, a week off in the all-star game then, uh then another week off. So we had we had a good three weeks to really help that athlete catch back up. And he was able to get back into that next game and, and flying around and not feeling tired towards the end. So, you know, I don't think that we would have necessarily been able to peel that back quite as much as specific as we were if we didn't have this data. It's
1: all really interesting. Will Lopes, CEO of Catapult, and Mike Junta, the head physical therapist of the PLL. Thank you both for joining us.
0: Brian, thanks for having me.
2: It's great being here. Thanks, Bram.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, Olympic disciplines don't have to disappear from the ethos for four years.
2: And as such, that gives the opportunity for a league like World One to come in and compositely take all these events, much like the Olympics has, and say, hey, let's see how we can monetize this via these individual athletes on social media. Um, World One League, all of our sports are individual, and they're all under a minute long.
1: That's Brett Morris, CEO of the World One League where athletes from around the globe are competing and being discovered thanks to sharing their athletic ability. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.